This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone. I'm Bev Jones, and this is Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that can have an impact on your career. Today, we'll talk about how you might be able to get a job with an innovative company, even if you don't have the right kind of experience. Our guest is Austin Belsack. His primary job is with Microsoft, where he manages digital advertising projects. But he also has a powerful side gig. He's a jobs expert through his firm, Cultivated Culture. What he does is help recent grads to use unconventional strategies to snag jobs at leading tech companies, just like he did. Austin has come a long way since he graduated college in 2013, and he'll tell us about how he's come so far, so fast. Austin, less than five years ago, you were a recent college grad from a great school, but you were in a job you hated, and you didn't have any prospects about making a shift. But today, you've got a great job with Microsoft, and you have a very powerful side gig. You've become a a job search expert. I am fascinated by what a powerful shift you've made in a relatively short time. How did you get started? How did you How did you do that? Definitely. And and before we dive in, thank you so much for having me, Bev. I am absolutely thrilled to be here and so excited to chat with you today. And that's a great question. So in order to, to tell the story um, from its roots, we have to go back actually before I graduated from college. And um, during my senior year, there's one specific moment that stood out to me. And it was a, it was actually a Saturday night. And I was, I was in a fraternity in college. Um, social life was a, a big part of my college experience. And I remember we had this, this big party senior year that everybody was very excited about. And when I showed up there, I was looking around for my roommate, my, my best friend, and I couldn't find him anywhere. And I thought he would be crazy to miss this party. You know, we'd been looking forward to it for four years. Everybody gets really excited about it, and, and he was nowhere to be found. And I couldn't think of anything that would be more important than that night. And when I gave him a call, he told me that he was interviewing for jobs. And I, I started laughing at him, and I told him that he was absolutely crazy. Um, I probably called him a nerd or a dork or something along those lines. Uh-huh. And I went about my night. And this was about four months before graduation. So for me, I had a job lined up uh, that sort of fell in my lap. That same friend's father actually had me intern at a company that he worked with the previous summer and they offered me a position. So I entered my senior year of college with a job already in hand and I had figured, you know, I spent four years going to this university, I paid a lot of money to get my education and that was the whole point, right? I paid all this money and I put in the work so that I would basically be shooed into a good job because otherwise, you know, why, why had I done all these things? And then fast forward to a couple months when graduation rolled around and I started my new job, um, it was a bit of a slap in the face for me. So I ended up working and I was a biology major in college and I graduated. I ended up with a job in medicine and the job really was not for me. I learned that very, very quickly. And the reason for that was 
I was covering surgical cases in um, orthopedics. So if anybody's familiar with or has a family member that has gotten a hip uh, replacement or a knee replacement or anything like that, our company provided the parts for that. And a lot of those surgeries take place early in the morning, but my job was to cover for the reps who normally covered for those surgeries. So I was based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, but sometimes I'd have to drive up to 200, 250 miles to get to the hospital by six in the morning. Oh, wow. And yeah, so I was up pretty early, sometimes 2.30, sometimes 3, sometimes 3.30 in the morning to make these trips. And on top of that, uh, my boss really wasn't the right fit for me. Um, There was a lot of friction there. He wasn't very supportive and there wasn't a lot of room for growth. And so I felt stuck. I put in all this time, invested it into a path that I thought was the right move for me. Everybody always told me if I got a STEM degree that there would be jobs and the jobs would pay well. And, you know, I'd be able to help people because it was healthcare. And um, none of those things turned out to be true. I, I was barely making rent. I ended up racking up a lot of credit card debt. I was miserable with my job. Um, but when I tried to make a change, I hit a wall. So I mentioned before, you know, I thought that putting putting in the hours, getting the degree would help me get into a path that would make me successful. And I also figured, you know, when it when I decided to change out of medicine, I thought that I could rely on my degree and somebody would take a chance on me. Right. But that wasn't the case at all. And I think a lot of people that are listening might might be in a similar position where we followed this specific path for such a long time and then we realized, you know, maybe this actually isn't for me and we want to make a change, but then we start taking steps toward that change and nothing really works. So for me, I started taking the advice that I had learned from my parents, my friends, my college counselors, um, advice that I had read online. And, and that basically was the system or methodology of tweak your resume, tweak your cover letter, apply to as many jobs as you possibly can, throw a lot of mud up against the wall and see what sticks. And so I I did just that. I applied to several hundred jobs over the course of a couple months. When you say you applied, you were doing this online or how were you applying? That's a great question. And yep, everything was online. So I would go to a lot of the aggregators that are out there, Indeed.com, Monster. Um, I would also go directly to companies' career websites. I I would use LinkedIn to find positions. And when I saw an open position, I would sit down that very day and I would crank out a resume that was tailored to that position. I would crank out a cover letter that was tailored to that position. And then I would submit my application and I would cross my fingers, right? Um, Sometimes it feels like your application, your resume is going to a bit of a black hole, especially in my case, I applied to a couple hundred jobs and I didn't hear back from any of them. Uh, except for two, and those two were automated rejection letters. So <laughs> I oh. was my, my batting average was pretty pretty low at this point. And so I, I had I came to a realization, um, or I came to a crossroads, might be a better way to put it. I had to make a decision between continuing down this path or changing my strategy. And this path that I was on is what everybody told me was the right thing to do, you know? And a lot of people had told me to network before, but I had long exhausted my, my immediate options. Um, I think that one of the terms that I have found uh, that fits it really well is your meaningful network, the people who can actually go out and advocate for you and are, are willing to do that on your behalf. Um, as a recent college graduate, mine was fairly small. 
not very influential. And when I did get referrals through family, friends, or professors or connections, uh, I was constantly told that I, I didn't have enough experience uh, because my whole background was in medicine and I was trying to break into the tech field. My, my eventual goal was to work for a company like a Google or a Microsoft or a Facebook, um, one of these tech companies that's very ingrained in our lives and is doing incredibly cool things and impacting people on a daily basis. But I couldn't gain any traction. So I took a step back. Uh, and one of my favorite quotes from this period is um, Albert Einstein, who said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yes. And yeah, that resonated with me so much at that period because I felt like I was doing everything I was supposed to do. I had done everything I was told to do up until that point in my life. And I was just faced with this huge obstacle and I couldn't overcome it. So I took a step back and I had a conversation with somebody actually. I did a lot of, I took, I took a couple of weeks, did some soul searching um, and talked to a few people who I considered to be mentors. And one of them gave me a piece of advice that I, I still carry with me today. But he, he told me to only take advice from the people who already have what you want. And during this time, uh, like I mentioned, the advice that I was getting was from the sources that a lot of us go to. Um, I mentioned friends, family, et cetera. And, and those are the people we usually go to when we, we need help with something. But when he mentioned that piece of advice, I kind of thought about it. And a lot of my friends, a lot of my family, a lot of the people that I had talked to, or even the career gurus, quote unquote, online, they hadn't been where I wanted to go. Many of them hadn't worked at Google or Microsoft and especially hadn't done that after working in a totally different industry when they started. So I shift my search a little bit and I stopped applying for jobs online. Instead, I took my, my, my time and my energy and I focused it on finding people who met a specific set of criteria. So I thought really hard about what I wanted my dream job to look like, what I wanted my life to look like when I got my dream job. And I wrote out a set of criteria, and that was uh, to be living in a major city like New York or Los Angeles or San Francisco, to be working for a leading tech company uh, like a Google or a Microsoft or a Twitter, Facebook, to be making um, a specific salary, and then finally uh, to be doing that all under the age of 26. Because at the time I was 22, and I didn't want to wait you know, 10, 20 years before all this came to fruition. So I had my list of criteria and I went out on LinkedIn and I found as many people as I possibly could who met that criteria. And I just reached out to them cold and I positioned them as, as an expert. Uh, I was genuinely interested in how they got to where they were, especially given the frustration that I was dealing with. And a lot of them were very receptive. They hopped on the phone with me. They talked to me about the path that they took, how they got there, the strategies that they used, the mistakes they made. And I learned a ton from these conversations. Right, let me interrupt you um, sure. here. I um, think what you're saying makes a great deal of sense. But many people are nervous about LinkedIn. They're very nervous about making a cold call. They don't want to be a nuisance. They don't know how to reach people. How, how did you do that? How did you get people to talk to you? That's a great question. And in my opinion, it really comes down to mindset. So if you think about it, none of us are born with the perfect network, right? Uh, especially if you think about incredibly successful people out there, um, the Gary Vaynerchuks, Tony Robbins, Elon Musk's of the world, um, they didn't get to where they were 
using the network that they had, you know, when they graduated college or that that was available to their friends and family. Um, They actually had to go out and cultivate that network. And what for me, I was able to overcome this obstacle because I was in such a bad place with my job search that I would have literally done anything to get to the next level. So when people told me to reach out, I, I was nervous the first time I hit send. And after that, I was good to go. Um, but I think for some other people out there who might not have hit that breaking point yet, it's helpful to understand that if you want to be successful, uh, it's going to take some cold outreach because you're going to want to make contacts with people who are doing insanely cool stuff, um, but you might not have a, a mutual connection with yet. So you have to build that yourself. And at the end of the day, successful people actually expect that. Um, I mean, Bev, that's how you and I connected. I, I sent you an email out of the blue and um, here we are now. And so that, that's sort of, that's the name of the game. But there is definitely a strategy behind it. What I recommend, especially if you're just starting out, there's two things. Uh, first, you want to position the person on the other end as the expert. A lot of us, we all want to be recognized for the work we do, but a lot of us don't get that recognition outside of, um, if we're, especially if we're talking about uh, corporations and companies and the dream job search here, the people we're targeting only really get that recognition within their team um, or maybe you know from immediate family. But if you, as a stranger, reach out to them and, and you say, man, um, you know, Bev, your career path is incredible. I was looking through LinkedIn for XYZ criteria. I came across your profile and, and your journey is just amazing. It really, really stood out to me. I would love to learn a little bit more from you. Um, do you have a couple minutes? Would you mind if I just asked you a few questions? If you position it that way, um, where the other person is the expert and you ask them for help, humans are geared to help one another. Um, and they also like to be recognized for their achievements. So that's a pretty powerful combo. And can and I add something else to that? I, I totally agree with you, Austin. But what I've noticed is if you make a little investment in a person by making a referral or making a suggestion or whatever, you become invested in that person's success. Mm-hmm. And so from then on, there's a connection po- uh, point. And interestingly, by asking somebody in a help in a way that feels good to them, you've just won a champion. Did you find mm-hmm. that to be the case? Absolutely. Uh, the people that I created relationships with were some of my biggest advocates moving forward, and I still keep in touch with them. And that's another beautiful thing about this process. Once you're able to overcome that obstacle, um, that mental challenge of you know, reaching out to people. I don't want any, I don't want to bother anybody. I don't want to annoy anybody. Why would they talk to me? If you can overcome that barrier and you start reaching out to people, you're going to make connections that will not only help you with your job search or your career goals immediately, but for the long term as well. Um, and that leads very nicely into the, the second point, which is making a small investment into the person that you're reaching out to. So one of my favorite things to do was to look up the person, do a little bit of research, um, and try and figure out an angle or a way that I could add a little bit of value. So I would look through their LinkedIn posts, I'd try and check them out on Facebook, see if they had a personal blog, and I would just try and find some point of commonality or an angle where I could add value. And I would send them an article, or send them a podcast, or introduce them to somebody. Um, And I would come to the table with some value. 
And that's really powerful because a lot of people do show up um, with their palm out, so to speak, especially I'm sure, um, you know, being, being in your position, you probably get a lot of emails from, from folks asking for advice. But I don't know if this has been your experience on my end. Whenever somebody reaches out, I get, I get dozens of emails of people asking me to review their resume. But when somebody reaches out and they say, hey, Austin, um, I just wanted to tell you, you know, what you're doing is really cool. And I found this article that I thought you might like to read because it's very relevant to your post on X. Or I want to introduce you to a friend of mine who may want to interview you or you may want to interview them. And I think just that mutual connection would benefit you in XYZ ways. When people come to the table with a little bit of value like that, it immediately stands out. And that goes a very, very long way to building yes. a relationship in the long run. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's been my experience since, you know, I have a book out there. So I get mm-hmm. lots of contacts from people who want advice or help. And um, sometimes I'm motivated because I feel sorry for them or I have a few standard pieces. You know, I'll send some free advice on uh, on paper. Very seldom uh, do has anybody done what you do or what you did with me. Um, so my response to you is immediate. You you said, I know this about you. I find this is interesting. There's this little something here I want to ask you because you're an expert. And I thought, this guy is good. <laughs> so sorry to interrupt. So your second point is is to, to make a small investment and find some point of commonality and 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 uh, give them something that's useful to them absolutely and that's really that's the simple and easy recipe to building relationships that matter whether you want to make a connection with somebody who can influence the hiring decision at a major company or whether you want to get in touch with um, you know Larry Page or Tony Robbins or any anybody who seems like they're the stratospheric presence and you would never be able to build a relationship with them. Um, give that a shot. See if you can find something that that they're a problem they're dealing with, a challenge they're facing, an initiative they're driving, and then figure out some ways to add value against it. Um, and you might be pretty surprised by the results that you get. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Masters in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. All right, so let's say you're talking with somebody in a tech company and mm-hmm. you um, made that connection. Um, so you have somebody that you can get advice from. How do you go, how did you go the next step? to turning that into a referral or turning it into a connection with an actual job. Absolutely. So what I did was I started targeting people on LinkedIn who I believe could influence the hiring process. Now, I avoided recruiters um, and I avoided applying online for for a couple of reasons. Um, When you apply online today, 
your chances of getting an interview are very slim. Uh, they're about 2%. When you're looking at some of these companies that I mentioned before, leading tech companies, uh, that percentage is even smaller because of the volume of applicants. So if you're coming from a non-traditional background or if you are slightly off in the qualifications, uh, the chances are you're probably not going to hear back from that company because there's tons of other people out there who looked at the job description and they, they said, I fit these credentials and they applied. And job credentials today in the descriptions tend to be a little bit inflated, and that's a, a, another rabbit hole we could save for, for a different time. But um, the same is essentially, uh, or sorry, when you reach out to recruiters, um, the principles are essentially the same. A lot of people think that by reaching out to a recruiter, they're somehow figuring out a, a back door. But at the end of the day, the recruiters are the, the faces, the human faces of the job search process for these companies, and they get bombarded with emails. So your chances aren't much better by reaching out to these people. On top of that, recruiters can only get you in the door. Um, they don't really have influence over the hiring decision at the very end of the interview process. So what I did was I tried to find people who would have a, a very large amount of influence over the hiring process, either the manager for that position or somebody on the immediate team or maybe um, a skip level manager, the manager's manager. And I would try to build relationships with them. And I would use the, the tactics that I just mentioned to get a conversation with them. And I would have an informational interview and I would ask them a lot of questions. And the key here, there's specific things we're looking for. We do have an agenda. Uh, the key is to make it natural. So starting off with some personal questions, uh, some, some softballs that, that are very easy for them to answer, and then working our way into biggest challenges, upcoming initiatives, personal goals, um, and just what they like to do outside of work. If you can tease out some information around that, you have a lot of ammo that you can then go back and add value against. So if you know this person's biggest challenge or their team's biggest challenge, you can go come up with some solutions and send those back. Or if you know of an initiative they have coming up, you can go ahead and provide or come up with some ideas um, or some suggestions to improve that initiative, and you can go ahead and send those back. And this gives us a lot of ammo so that when we leave that conversation, we can go do a bunch of research and we can come up with something that is incredibly valuable, proves out our skill set ahead of time, um, which then makes stuff like traditional credentials, uh, years of experience, uh, your, the college you went to, the GPA that you had, all these things that the that you typically hear companies judging candidates against those don't matter nearly as much because at the end of the day companies want to hire somebody who's going to bring them the most return for the dollar spent on that person's salary so i just want to point out that you were doing as i read anyway from all of the stuff i read about you is that you were doing a lot of work here and that's a, that's some thing that people don't always do you were able to add value. You were able to make suggestions and spot opportunities because you you basically sent yourself to school mm -hmm. to learn about the industry. And mm -hmm. you actually created a business in um, advertising search uh, while you were going through this process. So that gave you something a way to present yourself. Is that right? Can you tell us about how you, what you studied and how you created a little business? Sure. So 
the strategies that I just laid out over the last couple of minutes here work really well if you do have some experience against the role that you're trying to apply for. But if you're like me and you're coming from a completely different industry, um, different undergraduate background, et cetera, et cetera, and you're trying to break into a brand new industry, you do need to have some experience to speak to. Uh, but the beauty is in today's world, you can learn almost anything that you want online in most cases for free. So for me personally, I, I wanted to get into tech, but I specifically wanted to get into digital marketing. And I didn't have any digital marketing experience. So I had to go out and build it myself. And the way I did that was I took a couple of courses online, a, a couple introductory courses to digital marketing as a whole. And then I went out and talked to some people who were already working in that industry full time and, and working in the jobs that I would potentially want to get. And I asked them um, in some of these informational interviews that I had, I asked them, you know, if you were starting from scratch and you were in a completely different industry, what steps would you take? What would be the five steps that, would, that you would take in order to put yourself in the best position to get the job you have today? And from those conversations, I learned a lot about what was needed. So for me specifically, there are some certifications um, that really help for entry-level jobs. And Google offers them for free. So they have a certification for their analytics platform, uh, for their digital advertising platform, et cetera, et cetera. So I went out and I got a bunch of those certifications. And then I started pitching my services to companies who really needed it. And for me specifically, we actually, my, my parents, the, the, the business idea was sort of right in front of me, um, but my, my parents have a house on an island where you have to own property to be a member of the community. And there's a lot of these communities in the U.S. Um, so we, we ran a test run with our island and we were able to sell uh, pretty much all the houses that they had on the island for much, uh, it, it was much cheaper from a cost per lead basis than what they were getting with their, their current marketing strategy. So I took that and I extrapolated it. I took the results and, and I went out and I started pitching all these other communities around the US and I ended up getting a few clients. And so what that did was it gave me real results that I could use when I walked into the interview room or when I applied to some of these jobs. And I think it's important to note that taking courses is great um, investing in yourself is fantastic, but what's really going to put you over the edge is getting those real world results. So, I mean, if, if you want to get into sales, um, you can go out and generate leads for the company that you'd like to work for. In my case, uh, I wanted to get into the actual advertising side of things. So I went and proved out that I knew how to sell into customers. I, I knew what their needs were. I knew what their pain points were. And I knew how to solve that with the technology that these companies had. Um, so that was that was my expertise. If you're looking to be a programmer or something like that, you can go out and build a web app or an iOS app, um, something tangible that shows that you not only invested in yourself, but then you took what you learned and you brought it to the real world and made an impact. That is really where you'll differentiate yourself. So you were very successful at that. You got offers, you've got lots of opportunities, and you accepted a job uh, at Microsoft. It looks like built directly on your experience with advertising. Mm -hmm. And most folks, I think, might have just quit then, but you were so fascinated by the job search process and so fascinated by what you learned. It sounded like you didn't want to give it up, so you created a side gig. Is that right? Mm -hmm. That's right, yeah. So um, I think for folks who are um, in a similar situation to where you were, you now have a lot of resources to, to share with them through 
cultivated culture. Your your website, uh, your your firm. Can you can you tell us about why you created it and what it is and how people might be able to use it? Absolutely. Uh, so it is one hundred percent based off of the experience that I went through. Uh, during my job search, and there's a lot of there are a lot of resources out there for people who are looking for careers. But what I found when I was looking for my job was that a lot of the advice was a bit conflicting, uh, a bit confusing, and slightly outdated. So I would take some of these strategies and I would apply them, and I I wouldn't get any results. And then when I went and spoke to all these people who had found their dream job, so to speak, early on in life and were really successful working for great companies, making good money, a lot of the strategies that they recommended weren't appearing anywhere else online. So I started my business because a lot of people started asking me, you know, how did you make that jump from? A no-name company in medicine to working at one of the biggest technology companies in the world um, in New York City, and after about the fifteenth person asked me, I decided that you know maybe I'll I'll put pen on paper and write out some of the strategies. So I built out a whole article on basically everything that I learned going through my job search process. And for me personally, I'm I'm an analytical person. I I don't like to go off of assumptions. Um, I like to go off of data when possible. So I collected a lot of data throughout my job search. Um, through the hundreds of companies I applied to, the 50 plus interviews I went on, the 100 plus people I interviewed with, I tested and tweaked different strategies on my resume, my cover letter, the answers I gave to interview questions, kind of across the board. And I tracked which ones worked and which ones didn't. And that's what I brought to the table with Cultivated Culture and what makes it a little bit different. Um, so the tagline I like to use for the site is um, I help people leverage unconventional strategies to land jobs they love. But those unconventional strategies are also data driven. Um, so I don't suggest something unless I've seen it work for myself or for the hundreds of students that I've helped get jobs for as well. Um, so anybody can check it out. It's uh, cultivatedculture.com. And you'll find pretty much you'll find material on everything from um, crafting resumes to cover letters to interviewing um, and the process that we've talked about so far. So how to reach out to somebody you've never met before, build a relationship with them to the point where they're in your meaningful network and they're ready to refer you into a job or to advocate for you in some other fashion. It's a, a fascinating process, the way you have laid it out. I think there's so much good information on your site. And I urge people, if they're looking to make a shift, even if their situation isn't quite like yours, maybe they've got a mid-career transition they're thinking about and they want to broaden the way they go about searching, the the Cultivated Culture website has a lot of information. But I have a, um, I have got a question for you. Sure. The essence of what you're doing in getting referrals and staying connected is networking, which mm-hmm. is, I think, a key to any kind of career success. It's a, it, it's a way you get the do- job done very often, and it's the way that you have security in a market that's uncertain. If you have a great network, you can always make a transition. But at some point, you go beyond the... Um, casual or virtual or passing um, connections, and you turn it into real relationships. It, mm-hmm. it feels like you're starting to do that. When you look ahead 
uh, as your career continues. Do you have any guidance or philosophy about how you're going to continue to build your network? Definitely. Uh, so when I build relationships with people, um, there's a couple of things I take into account. Because when I started my career, I heard the same advice. I, I listened to podcasts similar to this one. I read articles and everybody told me to network. And my idea of networking, what came to my head was, um, you know, going to happy hours or meetups and shaking as many people's hands as I could and going through the ultra boring small talk of, you know, what do you do? Yeah. Here's what I do. Um, and I, I hated the idea of it and I wanted no part of it and I, I didn't do it. And now um, I've shifted my strategy and I really like to think of it as relationship building. So what you want to do is target a few folks, um, two to three probably is a good place to start, who can really have an impact on your life. Um, and your goals. So if your goal is to get a dream job somewhere, a person who can influence the hiring process for that role is a great person to pick. For me, somebody who's starting my business, um, I'm aiming to, to connect with people who, again, have. I'm trying to take the advice of people who already have what I want to accomplish. So I'm looking for people who have created their own online businesses, run, run them successfully, um, and have scaled them successfully. So I look to build relationships with those people. And I only focus on a few at a time because what I found is that if you can make one very strong relationship with somebody who is in the position that you hope to be in, you can tap into their network. Um, so I believe Bev, you and I talked about this on our on our kind of pre-interview call, but there's some concentric circles of networking. So you, you have your the first is your meaningful network. I mentioned this a couple times, but basically it's the group of people who are going to be advocates for you. You can send them an email and ask them to do something for you, and, and they're happy to do it. Um, and then you have your network just outside of that, which is your familiar network. So they're people that, you know, maybe they're your second connections on LinkedIn or, or your first connections, and but you don't know them as well. You're not comfortable with just emailing them out of the blue and asking for a job referral or for them to help you with X, Y, or Z. Um, but then as we move further out, we get into uh, more of the unfamiliar network territory. And that's really where a lot of your growth is going to come from. Because as I mentioned before, not, we, we all don't have the perfect network. We're not born with it. We don't just kind of have it out of the gate as the default. We have to cultivate it. Um, and it's hard to build those relationships. But if you can build one, even one or two relationships with people who are very plugged in and have substantial, substantial, meaningful networks of their own, then their meaningful network uh, kind of comes into yours. You kind of absorb it a little bit because that person's in your meaningful network and because they're willing to advocate for you, they're willing to tap into their meaningful network. And so you've just expanded your network uh, substantially. And so I found that if you target two or three people who meet that, those criteria, who are already kind of plugged in, you're going to be able to grow your network very, very rapidly, much more quickly than you would if you were just going around shaking hands, uh, chatting with people and kind of asking if they could pass your resume along or asking if, you know, you can help them with something because those tend to not really lead anywhere. So when you're looking at these two to three people, it's just about going very deep. It's about adding value, like I mentioned before. Um, and it's about staying consistent. So every couple of weeks, making sure you're at the top of their inbox, sending them an article, introducing them to somebody, just checking in, you know, if they're, if they went on a vacation or if their wife is pregnant or if their kids are going to summer camp, bring that into the conversation, right? Make sure to remember the details, um, show that you care and continue to add value. 
And the way that I like to sort of break that down into a formula is the, the give, 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 ask. So I like to give multiple times before I ask for something um, because I found that that's the most effective way to build relationships and also tap into the other person um, to meet your goals as well. I think that's great advice, Austin. That's a good thing to to close on. And I, I'll uh, just add to that with, with one thought. You are so right that networking isn't about analytics. When it really comes down to the core, it's about building relationships. And it's a way of being in the world and a way you interact with people. And when you want to make a shift and you don't know where to start, what I urge people to do is just get out there, do all of the methodical things. But when you have the time, go places that you don't as a rule, rule go. Um, Take yourself out of the house when you when you don't feel like it. Just by coincidence, in the last few weeks, I've had two clients find jobs. They're doing everything right, but the way they found the jobs ultimately is they bumped into old connections at the gym, mm-hmm. had a conversation. The conversation led to a referral, and they got the jobs by getting out of the house and going to the gym when they weren't in the mood. So, you know, it's a bring yourself into a mindset where you're open to connecting with, staying in touch, caring for other people. Austin, this has been terrific. I think you've shared a lot of great advice. I I urge people who are interested in expanding their own search activities to look at cultivated culture, and I I hope that uh, we stay in touch. Do you have any parting tips for our listeners? I would just say that the, the the first step is getting getting out there. Um, start reaching out to people. It's going to feel uncomfortable, like you said. You're going to want to stay in your house. You know, you're going to want to not step out of your comfort zone. But as soon as you hit send on the first few emails, um, and you, you start getting used to that feeling of reaching out to somebody you've never met before, it's going to become second nature over time. And that is what's going to help you in your life, no matter what you want to do, looking for jobs, climbing the ladder in your company, starting your own business. The number one thing you can do in all of those situations is network. Um, and if you learn how to do it effectively with the strategies that, that you and I talked about today, um, that is going to put you in the best position to succeed down the road. And if you need any help at all, um, anyone here can feel free to reach out to me. My email is austin at cultivatedculture.com. I have all the resources available on cultivatedculture.com. And yeah, I'm always around. So please don't hesitate to reach out, ask. Um, I read all my emails, I respond to them, and I'm happy to hop on the phone if anybody wants to as well. Thank you so much, Austin. It has been a pleasure, and I uh, look forward to watching what you do next. Likewise, Bev. Talk to you soon. Today we've been talking with Austin Belsack, a young man who has intensely studied the ways top companies recruit new employees. Austin is happy, even enthusiastic, about sharing what he's learned. Today's tip is that referrals are often the best way to get hired. And to get referrals, you have to get to know people. That can mean methodically finding ways to build in-person social connections. It can also mean using tools like LinkedIn to research connected people and then reaching out to them for help. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of 
Think like an entrepreneur, act like a CEO. Thank you.